0: The new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Games from the Virginia Lottery are here. The Scratcher gives you the chance to win up to $100,000. The online game gives you the chance to win up to $1 million. For more information, visit VALottery.com. Let the word
1: go forth.
0: Fool me once. Are you fired up?
1: If I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go?
0: Shame on, shame on you!
1: It's Abe Lincoln's top hat, hosted by Ben Kissel.
0: Boom! We can't get fooled again.
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with my friend Travis Morningstar. Ben,
2: you know, as we do every week, I want to start with this week's. Donkey of the Week.
1: It's a Donkey of the Week. We're going to do Morning Zoo now. We're going to do Donkey of the Week. That's the direction you would like to guide the show in for this episode. And this week's
2: Donkey of the Week is none other than Joe Biden himself. Why is is
1: Joe Biden a Donkey of the Week? Joe
2: Biden was on the very popular syndicated radio program, The Breakfast Club.
1: All right. So, The Breakfast Club, a very famous club. It takes place in the morning. So, they call it The Breakfast Club. You'll recall in 2016, Hillary Clinton also appeared on The Breakfast Club, led mainly by Charlemagne the God. She wanted to reach out to the African-American community and... In order (laughs) to do that, she opened up her purse. What's inside? It's not a wallet. It's hot sauce. Okay, so let's say that backfired a little bit. So Biden, not taking the cue from Hillary Clinton, went on The Breakfast Club, and um, Travis will let us know exactly what occurred.
2: Well, yeah. So we'll actually, let's just go ahead and listen to that clip. All right. So this is this is
1: uh Biden I'm still upset with the Donkey of the day thing Bit- but <laughs> Biden do I'll get over it over
2: Biden doing a uh, live stream with Charlemagne the God a very um a very prominent person in like in sure. young black culture I mean the sh- breakfast club gets millions of listens but here is Biden ending a mostly I would say mostly
1: gaff free interview you know what uh, Travis and I we sat through the entire twenty minute interview ten minutes into the interview his handler is like all right yes. man we gotta wrap it up Joe Biden says no no we'll continue on going five minutes later all right Joe we gotta wrap it up. Joe says, oh, my wife is coming in at six. I'm going to be in trouble. I'm running over. So far, the only (laughs) gaffes have simply been his resume, which is a history of gaffes, specifically when it comes to criminal justice reform, almost to the finish line. And then a random spectator threw a banana peel. Yes. And my God did he slip and man the,
2: the the handler the little the intern voice that you can hear i feel like they must have a sixth sense now for like oh i know biden is about to, is he like dribbling a little liquid out of his pants is he violently well, trembling at that well,
1: point and again you know donald trump and we'll we'll get to uh criticizing um his most recent love affair with uh with ford with henry ford not because of the car he didn't praise henry ford because of creating a relatively strong vehicle he complimented him um or he complimented ford rather uh for his bloodline, his bloodline. which was quite yeah. interesting for of course ford, well and he, uh, a nazi sympathizer who was quite anti-semitic and you know these are sort of the social cues that he puts forward but anyway yes back to biden so here, at one point, so let's just set this up. If you listen to the full 20 minutes, he, he's explaining why his record isn't uh, horrible when it comes to the African-American community. Talking about how he gets 96% of the vote in his uh, state of Pennsylvania, so on and so forth. And we can critique the policies that he has put forward at nauseum, and that is all fair game. He coughs three times. The first cough in this, <coughs> not so bad, all right, old man cough. Second one, ah. <coughs> And then the third cough, and this is when you know a gaff is about two to three minutes away, was. And you could. What had happened was. What had had happened was, and then it was a small. It was like a small flamingo took a dump, and it came out of his mouth in a verbal way. So, so let's just listen to thirty seconds of this. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump. And you ain't black. It uh, don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see you. Take a party. look at my record, man. I extended the voting racks
0: 25 years. I have a record that is second to none. The NAACP has endorsed me every time I've run. The world. I mean, come on, take a look at the record.
2: All right, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Anyway,
0: thanks. You. I will come back. And that's the wrap <laughs> up.
1: Okay, so the this problem, is one of these issues, right? We have Joe Biden. He also spoke about in this interview with Charlemagne how he has a manifesto about how he's going to treat Black people yes. throughout his presidency. The Turner
2: Diaries, but for Black people, is is what he's going for there.
1: I don't know if Black folks love the idea of a white man uh, telling them that they have a ma- that he has a manifesto about their community. Uh, but nonetheless, he is attempting to you know b- bridge the gap, and Charlemagne is completely correct. When he says, "We got you, South Carolina," yes. and of course, we recall in this past primary cycle, that was the turning point. Up to that point, Bernie Sanders was, whew, everyone said, "Why is Joe even in it? Get out of here, Joe! Bernie, the train is coming. Get off of the, get out of the tracks, or you're going to get run over." South Carolina comes, landslide victory. The black vote shows out hard. For Joe Biden. And so they are completely correct to be like, OK, and now you have to sort of repay us for our loyalty. Hey, acknowledge us. Don't just don't just. Well, and the,
2: the thing he's saying here is like a complete admission that he thinks he's entitled to the black vote. Just wholly like without any without any kind of uh, concessions to
1: that to that community whatsoever. And this is where the Democratic Party, in my personal opinion, ha- has been stumbling in national elections since we had to uh, 2012, obviously Barack Obama is able to give the the Democratic Party a lot of cover when it comes to certain racial policies uh, that might not be seen as the best. For people of color, specifically when it comes to what's happened with marijuana, uh, when it when it comes to legalization, something that did not happen under Obama's two terms, decriminalization did not occur. Obama was not nearly as bad on criminal justice as W or as Clinton or as Bush or as Reagan before him or as Nixon. Obama was a step in the right direction. However, Joe Biden cannot. Rest on his laurels and the Democratic Party cannot rest on the fact that they gave us our first African-American president. They are losing sight of the fact that the fight must continue and the courting game must go on. You can't just sit here and be like, well, they should be thrilled. We gave them Barack Obama. Many people in the African-American community weren't thrilled with some of the policies. They didn't think Obama went far enough uh, in helping out those communities. So Biden has an an opportunity and a massive responsibility. Yes. To reach out to those people, not just in verbiage, but in policy. So we will see if he is able to. With his manifesto, yeah. which is a horrible word <laughs> in an Ele- in the Elliot-Roger era that we live in, uh, we will see if there is something laid out yes, but, there that but, is able to get support and, and energize that base, which, of course, the African-American vote is a base vote but for Biden. the Democratic Party. But they got to do something. <laughs>
2: Biden is going to prove himself to be the supreme gentleman. Oh,
1: that, I hope so. Why,
2: why, why, why won't any of these black voters pay attention to me? I have the car. I have the sunglasses. <laughs> I'm the supreme gentleman candidate. He
1: says, "Bud." No, <laughs> oh, he says,
2: "Bub." Well, he did. Uh, he did. Just like within the past maybe two hours or so of this recording, he he did make a statement apologizing and said he was too cavalier uh, and that he was joking when but, i think of
1: biden i think of two cavalier
2: yes and it, but i i this is is this a part of <laughs> joe biden's death jam comedy uh like is this a part of his set uh because i would like to see him do more um black comedy uh that would i think that would really get some eyes on him uh you know do a well, woman women be shopping i would love to hear a woman be shopping from biden they,
1: that, that is actually an accurate depiction there a lot of people like to shop We will uh, continue, obviously, to follow through with what some of the policy ideas are from the Biden campaign. And, of course, in a binary election, we talked about this on last week's episode. We're not going to go through any polling data on this week because, you know, it's more of a once a month thing um, to just kind of keep up with trends. But as we did see, Trump is currently at around 24 percent support amongst the African-American People that which is yeah, that means 75 people, 75 percent are like team Biden, or at the very least, not supporting Donald Trump. But by Republican Party standards, it's a relatively high number. If you look at someone like Mitt Romney, he got around nine percent. Uh, W, I don't believe ever cracked double digits when it comes to black support. So Trump has peeled away a little bit of that Democratic base, and as we know. Every vote counts. Just ask Hillary Clinton about the uh, couple thousand basically that cost her the election in 2016. So Biden has his work cut out for him. And again, there is no greater example of the black vote coming through than Joe Biden. They came through. And if he thinks that was just them who enamored with him and he can just not do anything anymore not make up for the sins of his past the crime bill and so on three strikes and you're out which is something he has now denounced which is something that he approved before if he does not come through folks are going to stay home and, this, and they would have every right in the in, they would have every right to do so
2: this vir- or
1: this moment did just blow up it went viral too like i go on twitter for 10 minutes just yeah. to kind of just kind of see and uh yeah Yeah, it was. But you know what was interesting? It's it's such a dumpster fire Twitter. I know we all know that. There are people who will be like, okay, it's still a binary choice against Trump and Biden. Yeah, but we have to remember, voting isn't that fun, especially in the midst of a pandemic, which people will still be on nerve. They will still be on edge from the coronavirus, even though things seem to be getting better. It looks like New York might open up in mid June. Looks like July for L A. Uh things are improving slowly, but surely, but the it will it's gonna resonate it's gonna remain this election is gonna be more difficult than most elections to get people to vote and in most elections, we maybe get over fifty percent on a good day so the the energy I think it's still more Trump has more energy in his base, and Biden just has to you know fill up the tires uh fill up the tank. Get some gas in there and start revving these people up because November, man, it is right around the corner. But
2: his approach, which is I'm not Trump, it's it's no longer going to it's not going to work for anyone. We've sat in our mess for three years with the Trump administration. We look, we all want him gone. I think if you're if you're a sane American at this point, just you, for
1: the health of our nation, for the
2: health of the nation, yeah, yeah, you just want to go on. But we've also set in this puddle for three years, and so we almost have acclimated to it. So don't don't play that game where you say, uh, "Look, it's either me or him," because we
1: we're not dead because we're not literally dead, yeah, the yeah. bar for Trump's presidency was nuclear war, and we haven't had one yet. Yes, we're in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, if you really want to frighten yourself read the military times yes. they broke down the fact that they constantly are war gaming and things like that they broke it down in no way does the u.s win against russia or china in the case of a world war III scenario extremely scary we don't want to fear monger here hopefully that doesn't happen but the bar for trump was literally that yeah it was literally like he's gonna kill us all and we're alive. Yeah. Uh, not 90,000 of us because of how poorly he handled the coronavirus pandemic. But nonetheless, that bar being so low. And I think a Ooh. lot
2: of, uh, you know, a lot of Biden's position is this kind of decency, high gr- moral high ground thing. And you know what? He's already seated two of those sort of aspects of a moral high ground. He has the terror read allegations. So, and and Trump is like kind of on his side. He's like, she's lying. She's probably lying. You know, I I have a bunch of lying women in my life. Uh, (laughs) And then now you have him doing the same thing that Trump did in 2016 when Trump said before the election, uh, black people, what do you have to lose? Vote for me. And I mean by saying uh yeah. if if you if you don't know whether you vote if you're a black person you're vo- if you don't know whether you're voting for Biden or Trump you're not a black person. Oh, God. <laughs> like
1: what is that Oh that one it's it is chillingly stupid. But That's you've, the you've it just, is just you have com- poli-
2: completely ceded that that like high ground that you thought you had.
1: I mean he called someone a horse-faced pony boy, which I don't know what that means.
2: I don't know that but kind of rules, but that was kind of funny.
1: And again because um, we just don't want to, you know, we, we have to remember here, this is it. This is the Democratic Party's guy. And this is a chance for a different future. And I want to be optimistic, as optimistic as possible. I think that Donald Trump, four more years from now, the way that his administration has been gutted of top-tier talent. The top-tier was his first run, Mad Dog Mattis and the gang. Tillerson that was the top tier yeah and now we're on to phase like seven of people that he trusts and it gets dumber and dumber and dumber so four years five years from now we're looking at 2024 what does the nation look like i don't want this country to continue to be so divisive and so divided i don't want us to permanently change and think that that's 100 percent normal so I want to have optimism but, and I want to have faith that the Democratic yeah. Party is going to be able to shake this up and figure this out and write and this uh, and, and right the wrongs that we're seeing right now. But my concern is I was watching Tom Perez on CNN. He hmm. was bragging about the poll numbers. Hmm. He was bragging that Biden's up nationally. He's up in swing states, which is, again, extremely thin margins and extremely debatable no one gives a crap yeah the the strategy (laughs) that they are going with and biden referenced this as well in the in the breakfast club was i'm up yeah i'm up in the polls are am i is that like what happened to having what happened to hindsight what happened to hindsight being 2020 because right now it seems to be about 80 10. yeah it is like i don't understand how they are copying and pasting the same mistakes from 2016. No one wants to vote for a winner. The underdog story is very real, yeah. especially in politics and in athleticism, uh, in sport. Everyone loves an underdog story. That's why March Madness is so much uh, has so much popularity. A six seed uh, beating a first seed or an eighth seed, you know, coming out and going to the championship, it blows people's minds, and they love a Cinderella story. Bragging about how you're up in the polls, and not to me, that means that they are not recognizing. Some very serious problems well, and within the, the campaign.
2: The contest here, then, which Trump, I think, is he—he uh, he knows what he's doing here with this. Who can make them seem? Who can make themselves seem more like an outsider and more like an underdog? Trump a- always, constantly against the wall, even as a president, because he's like he's a victim in chief. I've killed a hundred thousand people. They're all, they're gunning, They're coming
1: for me now. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like, well, Mark Cuban was actually speaking. I'm forgetting what show. I believe it was on Hannity, as a matter of fact, on his radio show, talking about how he's just so aggravated with Trump because he always plays the victim card. Yeah. But what does the victim card get you? An idea that you're underappreciated. The idea that, again, even though you're the sitting president of the United States, you still are taking on this air quotes deep state, which are two words that are absolutely ridiculously stupid. You're still taking on the establishment. They create things like Obamagate, which yes. is perpetrated or spread by certain very successful podcast hosts. They create a boogeyman. They create the enemy. So Donald Trump can always be the victim, aka always the underdog, Well, even he's, though he's the most powerful man in the world. And then,
2: of course, he is the stand-in for the Trump base, who is also the victim of, of Obamagate and the the coronavirus hoax. Uh so he he but that is, he knows how to do that way better than Biden. And like he said, Biden is going going around saying like, "Oh, I'm a shoe-in. I'm a uh, shoe-in and black people, you you're either coming with me or you you're like you're not black if you're not if you're not on the Biden train."
1: I know it's cliché and I know it's not actually how things work. But we at least need the illusion that they work for us. Yes. We at least need the illusion that we're the bosses hiring an employee. <laughs>
2: So the the idea that you can't criticize Biden because Trump is such a is such an abhorrent uh, alternative is, I think, awful because you you are entitled to be indignant at this choice that was essentially not made for you or the, uh, you're enti- you're entitled to be indignant at this choice that was made for you because Biden biden now is like the the dnc and biden are saying like now health care is a part of their issue and it's like no we had the guy that was the healthcare care guy you said no to that and now you want to like now you're trying to infuse all these uh faux progressive things but you we are allowed to push back against even if it is our only choice as a as an anti-trump option yes we are allowed to say this is not good enough uh even in For some for some people, it will not be good enough for them to even go out and vote.
1: So when it goes to let's talk about the other the other side of this coin, which is, of course, Donald Trump. He just recently had a tour of Ford Motor Company in Rawsonville. He didn't wear the face mask. Uh, You know, obviously, that's symbolic. He wants to project strength. Many people think it projects projects stupidity. Whatever. Uh, He did end up praising, you know, Henry Ford's bloodline. Again, Henry Ford was someone who sympathized with Hitler. He had a picture of him. It's just a strange thing to praise about the man who created the automobile. Just be like, (laughs) nice cars. You don't got to praise his bloodlines. It's not a it's not a Hellraiser franchise film. I'm not sure. I mean, we are sure why he did it. Of course, that's a massive dog whistle. But again, the South Park to 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 take what their um, overall opinion was in 2016 shit, stam- shit, shit sandwich or, or a douchebag right <laughs> yes. or a bag of douche or some shit. So we, we 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 the Democratic Party just needs to show that they are they are an option, they're a viable option, and that they care. And Tom Perez, I don't know what's wrong with. Let's that. point out also that
2: that Trump's statement about. Ford's bloodline was made to a Ford plant. So, it was made to all the people at Ford. He said, your bloodline is amazing. But he was talking to people that work at the Ford plant as if these people were all the children
1: of (laughs) well in a way an employee is a child aren't they all right well let's move on to a bit of a brighter story are you a pothead do you smoke a bunch of weed god knows i do i love to ingest it in every possible way i don't butt it i don't i don't put it on my butt though that's that's for the beer uh, vape pen i love my vape pen i love my edibles i'll take some flour if i can get it scientists Believe that cannabis could actually help prevent or at the very least treat coronavirus, which is like, this is pretty dope news. Love it. Of course, again, Joe Biden in his he
2: breakfast needs, club. He needs many, many more years of research to he, uh, to decide. On He's on the fence about it. Currently. Just
1: again, if anyone is listening that works in Biden's campaign, just have him say the word legalize. It's so easy, because if he doesn't, watch Trump do it. Watch Donald Trump straight up Hail Mary coming up in November. We're in July. Everyone's out there having a good time. What? Watch that bloviating orange bastard. Just say those words. Just say it, Joe. Don't say decriminalize, because, of course, that ain't putting any money in the pockets of the communities that have been most devastated. You need to legalize so people can make money. They will also be taxed, and then the entire nation will be better off. We could also be better off, apparently, when it comes to coronavirus. Weed is the ultimate helper. So this is according to Olga Kovolchik. Uh, this is a person who is a researcher at the University of Lethbridge. They said a study in April showed that at least 13 cannabis plants were high in CBD that appeared to affect the ACE2 pathways. And you want to ask me what that means, and I will give you an answer, and it will be wrong, because I have no idea. Uh, That bug uses to access the body. So this is according to Olga. I'm assuming this is a woman. She said, "We we were totally stunned at first, and then we were really happy. The results have been printed online in a journal. They indicated that hemp extracts high in CBD may help block certain proteins that provide a gateway for COVID-19 to enter host cells. So, Travis. Did you say gateway? (laughs) I know, but not to cocaine or crack cocaine. It's a gateway to health. Oh, okay. Which is amazing. Kovachek's husband, Igor. Oh, it's Olga and Igor. Okay, this is starting to seem like a <laughs> like a Rocky and Bullweckles no, scheme. <laughs> no, it's Olga and Igor. They're the cutest couple in Canada. They suggested that cannabis could reduce the virus's entry points by up to seventy percent. Uh, Igor told CTV. Therefore, you have more chance to fight it Uh, they go on to say he goes on to say our work could have a huge influence there aren't many drugs that have the potential of reducing infection by 70 to 80 percent so there you go if you're a cannabis user stick with it and if you're not eh, give it a puff or two
2: yeah it's uh it's fine. I brought up the uh, rimdesivir weeks ago, and you were like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and to, and to, like the, the treatment that might possibly be uh, effective. At, See,
1: and now my dumb brain, did I say weed? Yeah, you're
2: like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the moment you read an article that says weed
1: is the cure. <laughs> <laughs> I've got something to say about it. <laughs> it has not yet been peer-reviewed. Oh, interesting. Okay, but I'm a peer. I'm a freaking peer of Igor and Olga, and I'm reviewing it, and yeah. I think it sounds great
2: puff puff pass review
1: absolutely i don't
2: i don't know any weed stuff you know honestly i don't i don't smoke weed and i, I don't know. uh i i think i've mentioned to you but i've i had a, a handful of edibles once and i got lost in the uh, san diego
1: airport for hours you know travis we have different bodies yeah i'm much bigger I, I should probably try to get smaller at some point here in the relatively near future but your body just you don't need weed no i can't you're they, good i can't do it and that's why i don't really smoke that much flour I like to have my vape and I like to have my edible because I can control it a little bit better. Only certain edibles. Be very careful with those because one time over Thanksgiving, about three years ago, Eddie Larson from Roundtable of Gentlemen and Brighter Side gave me a massive chocolate bar. And he was like, you can have the whole thing. So I ate the whole thing because I'm like a big guy. But what he doesn't realize is that doesn't even matter. I still have like the same inside, basically. And I thought the taxi driver was trying to kill me as I was on the uh, as I was on the way to Brooks house. I almost jumped out of the taxi over a bridge. Let's just say you got to be careful.
2: Yeah. I gave myself a panic attack by drinking by drinking a bottle of CBD oil. That will happen. That is That should not happen because it barely is anything. But uh, you know what? The way I get high is you I- You drank a bottle of it. It doesn't do anything though. It's not, it, it gave it, it you doesn't, a panic attack. Well, it's because I was giving myself a panic attack. I was thinking, is this working? Is this working? And then eventually it started uh, making my my arms starting to, uh, to tingle. And then I got into an Uber and I was like, I'm just going to go home, play some video games. And then uh, I started to have a panic attack in the car and I, I said to the Uber driver, as if he were a taxi driver, take me to the nearest hostel. And he said, "No, <laughs> you put it into the app, and that's where I go." And so I had to trembling. I was putting in local hospital and Google, trying to find an address. Well,
1: they did laugh at you. But I now the way that. that
2: I get high is I sit down in the shower and stand up really quickly. And uh, that's
1: pr- that's how Terry Shivo became <laughs> comatose. That's yeah. more dangerous than anything you that's, could have ever told me.
2: That's I just I just sit there and uh, and uh, it's like pop my- up and suddenly. <sighs> you're 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 on cloud nine for like three seconds
1: that is the gateway drug to playing the choke out game yeah be very careful travis all right well speaking of choking out that is what's happening to our economy right now uh so let's talk a little bit about this omnibus bill that passed in the house and uh for those that are excited i have i don't want to be the bearer of bad news but I will be the cryptkeeper. I will be the poll bearer. yes, yes, person for this moment. It will not pass the Senate. So let's talk about what's been branded the HEROES Act. I know Travis has a lot to say about this. Yeah. What, what does the HEROES Act stand for? Yeah. And really, this is the hardest part in government, figuring out how to create a good acronym. So the HEROES Act stands for... House representatives passed the Health and Economic Recovery Omni- Omnibus Emergency Solutions Act. Health and Economic Recovery Omnibus Emergency Solutions Act, or the much easier to say HEROES Act. It was, the vote was 208 to 199. It's $3 trillion uh, with legislation. is a $3 trillion piece of legislation. And, of course, it was already dismissed by Majority Leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell. Uh, he called this, quote, a big laundry list of pet priorities and, quote, a grab bill bag, including many provisions that are disconnected from stabilizing the economy and dealing with coronavirus.
2: Well, speaking of uh, the Crip Keeper, Nancy Pelosi has made it clear that this is just a messaging bill. So what, the, what this <sighs> is is just sort of like, hey— if if the Democrats had power, for instance, in the White House, you know, this is the type of thing we would be focusing on right. with like economic restructuring, and that's all good and well. And I suppose this is something that happens. You know, you put a bill forward knowing that it'll fail, but with some like optimist, you know, it's pie in the sky stuff for the House, uh, the House Democrats.
1: It's literally shooting. It's it's shooting. It's pretending to shoot a basketball without a basketball in your hands and being like, that was a three pointer. It's not real.
2: But one of the biggest one of the biggest uh aspects of this three trillion dollar program is the focus on getting money to five oh one C six uh groups, okay. trade groups. What are
1: those?
0: Uh
2: those are lobbyist groups. <laughs> Yay!
1: They need the money. They yeah, need so, the money.
2: So lobbyists have lobbied to get <laughs> what? money. From the Heroes Act, or for any future stimulus acts, this is this is just sort of a trial uh, a trial legislation that they're putting forward. But the idea that this is like pie in the sky, like we if we if only we could get money to all the lobbyists, right, who um, are basically endemic to the problems in D.C. The idea well, that money in, in money is power in politics. And we're going to then give money to the same people that cripple uh, our
1: democracy. There's a reason that Paul Manafort is out of prison because of COVID. And hundreds of thousands of people are still in prison despite COVID. There's a reason not a lobbyist, but a lawyer, Michael Cohen, is now on house arrest. He's been allowed to leave as well. When you are connected, you have a, uh, a leg up, to say the least. So it, why are is this so aggravating there's a few things that this trill three trillion dollar three trillion which i if you had a gun to my head i have no idea how many zeros i wouldn't know how to write that out i don't know what trillion is it excludes certain things that you would think could or should be included you know if we're going to be spending three trillion bucks pie in the sky like, of, what
2: what if if what if we could possibly get this through and these are the things that
1: Now I want pie.
2: that don't somehow make it into this, this? like imaginary
1: bill. Yeah. The Paycheck Guarantee Act would have guaranteed 100% coverage of workers' wages up to $90,000 a year. The sponsors argued that given the economic carnage inflicted by coronavirus, Congress needed to quote Think bigger and offer workers as well as businesses, nonprofits, and local governments of all sizes a better path forward in this uncertain environment. So that did not make the cut. How much would that program have cost? Evidently, $654 billion over six months. And again, we're talking about a $3 trillion omnibus bill. Without a doubt, don't pay the uh, the manaforts of the world, right. and pay the people who have lost their jobs, no fault of their own.
2: Yeah, and another thing that it uh, it asked was the there was they were proposing of doing a uh, recurring two thousand dollar stimulus
1: checks. Yang Yang.
2: Yeah, so they were going to basically institute a uni- I mean again, this is not this is all imaginary because they know that that uh, Mitch McConnell would not have it. Turtleman will not have it. They proposed $2,000 a month stimulus checks along uh, so I think uh, Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris actually worked together on that part of the legislation. But then they axed it before the actual vote. <gasps> so they they know that the vote they know that the bill won't pass in the Senate. Okay. But they know that it will pass in, uh, in Congress So just put it in The House of Representatives Just, just put, put, put
1: it, it in, in. What is, is the problem here This is the problem this is With like the marketing of the Democratic Party. The Republicans got their own thing going on. Again, we're trying. I I say all of this out of love because I want to have a two party system. I mean, honestly, I would love to have a multiple party system that then has to form a coalition. But we are not even close to that because it seems as if we have a singular party system nationally at this point. Anyway,
2: this is like playing a game of D anD D, and you're like. You're the dungeon master, and you're like, oh, there's a you. Uh, you come across a two-headed dragon, and right. one of, one of the players is like, that's not realistic. What are you talking about, two-headed dragon? Well, you know
1: what I would say to that? Hellish rebuke. Hellish rebuke. <laughs>
2: uh, so I mean, so, it just doesn't make any sense. But if that, you're trying to inspire confidence right. in people, it's a real, it's a huge slap in the face uh, yes. to take out these simple niceties that we know are not going to get through in this bill. But the idea that we're supposed to rally around this idea of uh, legislation that takes away these these things that are so necessary to... Uh Faux
1: legislation. They just did not need to pay the lobbyists. It's This is, again, Tom Perez needs to go as head of the DNC. He needs to poof, go away. You're not an elected official. You have done horrible things. I don't think that Keith Ellison would have been much better. Keith Ellison obviously has a lot of scandals of his own right. Uh, in his own right, sexual abuse, things of that nature, there has to be somebody better. The Democratic Party has got to find somebody else. Because right now there is no standard bearer, there is no leadership, and we're allowing a carnival barker to woo, as carnival barkers will do, whether they show you a uh, a half-man, half-mermaid that is obviously fake, It's about getting people through the doors and then we'll realize it's kind of bullshit, but also you can't stop looking. The DNC desperately, desperately needs help. And Nancy Pelosi, I'm so happy she can wrangle votes. She's so out of touch. Yeah. She's so out of touch. They have to politically, ideologically frack. They need to drill for ideological oil. Yeah. Just stop not looking. For the obvious needs, stop ignoring the obvious demands of a huge portion of the Democratic base, as uh, Bernie Sanders was able to uh, was able to find out. Sofas,
0: recliners, love seats—everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay. Leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at four ninety nine ninety nine dollars and sofas at five ninety nine ninety nine. dollars Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, Hotels.com here. Tired of the everyday? We know a hotel that's ready to unwind this weekend book hotels with spas in the hotels.com app find your perfect somewhere
2: and from reading all about all these kind of like legislative maneuvers that has, that have been going on with the stimulus acts and all that uh, what i've from what i've understood to be happening is that nancy pelosi sort of commands by fiat like she is just she makes the decisions and she does not consult with the rest of the house of representatives and all of the individual caucuses therein. in and uh, so you have some you have a progressive caucus, which is then led by uh, Jayapal, uh, who you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, they they have big ideas for how to to deal with uh, the economic recovery and and with what should be in these these stimulus programs, such as the two thousand dollar a month recurring payments. And uh, you know their the progressive caucus is their approach to keeping people paid and healthy and everything is more like their idea initially was give employers money to keep people on payroll so that people don't have to lose their job
1: right so they Uh, they don't have to collect unemployment yeah so
2: well whereas nancy pelosi's sort of by fiat uh thinking about this is okay we'll provide unemployment so people lose their jobs and then they can go on unemployment. And it's like this kind of weird. It's a slight difference in like in what in what your approach is to this well, this situation, but it's a huge one, right? It's one that it's one where the progressive caucus of the House of Representatives is like, don't let's not encourage people to lose their jobs. Why not just pump all this money to the employer themselves, keep people on these programs right. or keep people on um uh, paycheck protection programs, and then but Pelosi's whole thing is more like. Let's people go home, lose their jobs, and then they can apply for unemployment. So let's
1: talk. Okay, so what is our end game? Our end game here is getting people back to being financially stable. Obviously, we've recognized we have a massive problem. There was just a billionaire, uh, as a matter of fact, talking about how this has really opened his eyes. Uh, He calls it, quote, a wake up call when it comes to economic disparity, which as soon as you got Jamie Dimon. He is the billionaire CEO of JP Morgan. As soon as he is beginning to talk about economic disparity, we are beyond mainstream with this idea. So the goal is, and how this has been a wake-up call and shed light on how many people were struggling. It's sad it took a pandemic, but that it is what it is. The goal is to get people financially solvent, to get people financially autonomous once again. So you have... One side, which is open up the government, or I mean, I'm sorry, open up the country, open up the economy, which I think has to happen at least in portions. You have the other side, which is what Nancy Pelosi uh, represents, which is just give them straight money, unemployment. Then you have the third option was, as Travis just said, pay employers uh, so that they can keep employees on the payroll. I feel the third one is a reasonable option. And I don't understand why that is the one that is completely off the yeah, table. No, I believe we will open up the economy as we talked about previously. These things are happening. I want it to happen. I am a degenerate gambler. I'm really not a degenerate gambler. But I want to go to a casino. I want, I want my normal life. <laughs> I want my sports. I want my births. I want my camaraderie back. The question is, do we have any? reasonable proposals on the floor. And the only one that I think is right on both levels is pay your employers, pay the employers. So they pay the employees. They don't have to go on welfare or uh they don't have to get any of the stimulus money at this point. And they can feel autonomous. I just don't understand why that option is uh the problem muffled and, and not talked about whatsoever.
2: The problem also is, you know, Not only is this legislation, not only is the HEROES Act pie in the sky because of the things in it, uh, it's also uh, too overly optimistic because Mitch McConnell doesn't want any more stimulus. It's the
1: economic version of impeachment where it's cute you impeached this asshole in the House, but we know it's not passing the Senate. And it's the American people know when their time is being wasted. And I think that they realize when they see these things... Maybe the dumb ones would be like, well, they're trying. In reality, this is 100 percent political gamesmanship. And um, even they didn't do that right because they didn't put the things in that may have hooked someone to say, oh, damn, I want them to have control of the Senate because then we could actually pass this. And of course, the Democrats have a good possibility or chance of flipping the Senate. You look at what's going on with Mark Kelly versus McSally in Arizona. That was John McCain's former seat. Kelly, a former astronaut, really high high uh, upside to him. I would not be surprised if he wins that. It is possible the Dems take back the Senate. But they just have to um they just have to do better with these things and they have an opportunity. Currently, I just see room for improvement.
2: Well, and then uh, another aspect of this is that there does there's a prog- there's a progressive Caucus in the House of Representatives, but they, they and they're like you know AOC and and all these people they tend to fold like a, a cheap card table when uh, you know, when pushed back by a uh, Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer.
1: AOC has had some crazy sound bites as well. I wish that we would have allowed her. The media has not given her any time to maturate as a uh, member of Congress, as a member of the House. It was it was a shocking win and it was a great win. She busted her ass and deserves to be there. But I feel like sometimes like she talked about how only in America does the president say freedom is going back to work. But in a lot of ways, people's entire identities are tied to their jobs and going back to work. Isn't a bad thing. Like I'm so fortunate. We feel so hashtag blast to be able to work during this entire thing. But I understand uh, some of the, I understand her perspective when it comes to the lower income workers Mm Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, those people are going to work. They're already going to work. And they're, as essential a of, they're essential yeah. workers. They're essential workers. And as a matter of fact, Travis can tell you about this story. Amazon. Jeff Bezos. Thank God for the weird, dicked Bezos maniac that he is. Yes. Apparently, Jeff Bezos is now cutting hazard pay for all Amazon employees because everything is fine. Everything is great. Why would we bother paying people on the front lines, more. Well, yeah. So that
2: hazard pay, you're like, oh wow, how much? Uh, what are they? Uh, what are they shelling out? Uh, two grand to these yeah, to these yeah, Amazon yeah. workers? Uh, how much is it? It's two dollars extra. Two dollars? Yes, it's two dollars extra.
1: Woo! I got lunch for, today.
2: And uh, there's a lot of. You may have come across these ads online, but there's a lot of. Uh, it's amazing how these giant corporations, they spend so much money calling yeah. their workers heroes. Oh, my God. Like, there's so many these super slick, high-production commercials yep. that are, like, Tinder, uh, Ben's fold, Ben Folds 5, like, <laughs> yeah. piano music in the back. And they show all these, yep. these workers happily smiling through their PPE and, uh, you know, getting the job done for Yay. America. And then they cut your $2 an hour hazard pay. Because <laughs> uh, Jeff Bezos st- thinks it's the right time to do that. Meanwhile, uh, Jeff Bezos' personal value has soared. He's his it has jumped thirty billion dollars since the beginning of can't the, the pandemic. It.
1: He can't afford and it. And this
2: is a uh, this is a this is a statement from uh, Amazon spokesperson. It says, this appreciation and pay incentive enabled us to deliver essential items to communities during these unprecedented times. We are grateful to associates supporting customers during a time of increased demand and are returning to our regular pay and overtime wages at the end of the month.
1: Smile! Wow, that was really Uh, inspiring. uh, They're returning to normal, which is not (laughs) paying their employees (laughs) enough. Going back just briefly to Jamie Dimon, again the billionaire chief executive of uh, J.P. Morgan. And potential Biden, Cabinet member, by the way. Hey, you know what? At least he's at least he's recognizing what we already all know to be true. We need to build a fairer society. And when I say this, by the way, I want to clarify something. It is not about everyone having the same amount of money and living equally. It's about having the equal opportunity. That's what it's about. Yeah. It's about equal opportunity. Some people aren't going to do as well as other people. That's fine. That's competition. This is something that I think the right constantly mischaracterizes uh, more progressive thinkers on this, even more, you know, libertarian leaning in many ways, such as myself. I think competition is a great thing, but you can't have competition. You can't have fair competition if some people are just getting an immense head start. So that's what we talk about when we talk about fairness. It's not I don't want. Not everyone's going to have the same amount of everything, but it, it's the same opportunity, affordable health care, affordable education to give a same opportunity. That's what it's about. It's not about communist Russia yeah. where everyone has the same loaf of bread.
2: Well, and also I'm thinking of what kind of precedent is this setting? We, ha- we are in the middle of a I'll say it, unprecedented crisis. No, you can't uh, sorry. say it. No, sorry. I hate that word.
1: Um, sorry, do <laughs> not go all Canadian. If I hear the word unprecedented I know. or social distancing, but, after this year, but, I'm going on a rampage.
2: Uh, just imagine the precedent that's that <laughs> robbing your employees of a $2 pay raise during a crisis sets. If you can't institute $2 bump pay because of the worst virus thing since fucking eight, 1918, yep. what kind of future are we looking at where uh, Amazon <laughs> is literally the only company left
1: in America? Well hopefully it's a future that uh, Jamie Diamond has what, more of a say in like, which is again a strange thing to say about a CEO uh, what could you poss- of what Jamie could Morgan? possibly
2: induce Jeff Bezos to increase pay if not this I, I if not this.
1: Did more you, more if, uh, threats of dick pics being leaked? Bezos, I, I really don't know.
2: Bezos, we just you just got $30 billion extra billion Great. Uh, what do you want to do with it? I want to take away the $2 extra I'm giving to my uh, essential worker employees yeah. who I'm spending millions of dollars on advertising to, doing to um, repair my quickly tarnishing image. It
1: does seem as if Jeff Bezos will be visited by three ghosts at some yes. point in his life. Because of his Scrooge-like antics. So this is what Jamie Dimon had to say. He says, it is my fervent hope that we use this crisis as a catalyst to rebuild an economy that creates and sustains opportunity for dramatically more people. Especially those who have been left behind For too long, he added the last few months have laid bare the reality that even before the pandemic hit, far too many people were living on the edge. Uh, Diamond has criticized the system that built his one point two billion dollar fortune last year when left wing Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders was leading the Democratic polls. That's their term. I'm reading from The Guardian right now. Uh, He acknowledged that, quote, there are flaws in capitalism, but warned that socialism would lead to, quote, stagnation, corruption, and often worse. So there is an acknowledgement from one of the wealthiest people in the world that there are flaws in our version of capitalism. We are in a late stage version of capitalism. Everything has trickled up over 30 years of horrible policies from the top. I think it's a good sign, and we'll end this episode on a positive note, that someone like Jamie Dimon, someone who is literally part of JP, not just part, the CEO of JP Morgan, at the very least, uh, he is acknowledging it. And, of course, Warren Buffett has acknowledged these things as well. But they're not giving their money away. Like, if you're one of these billionaires, it just must be such a strange feeling. I don't think that Jeff Bezos feels any of these things, by the way. No. It must be a strange feeling, almost like Richard Pryor in Brewster's Millions. How do I give this money away? Where do I put it? What am I supposed to do? And it's not going to happen unless we start seeing some change. Something perhaps could be in the way that they've done it overseas where uh, CEOs can only make, God forbid, 20 times more than the average employee. What you would see there is the average employee making a lot more money because the CEO would like to make 20 times more of money. Um, there are options out there. And uh, hopefully we have an administration in the not-so-distant future that recognizes that. Because uh, right now we are going in the wrong direction. And people need an opportunity to succeed. Whether they do or not is up to them. But that's my that's my final word on Well,
2: that. Uh, I should also note that, uh, going back to Amazon more particularly, uh, the vice president... Resigned at the beginning of May,
1: out of disgust.
2: Out of disgust for the whistleblower. Basically, he recognized the culture of, of fear that right, was right. being created, and he wrote a big uh, letter. Uh, Tim Bray is the vice president's name, and he, to his credit, yeah, he said, uh, "I tried to go through all the pro- appropriate channels." And it, it is a little weird that the vice president can't, can't seem yeah. to get it done. Weird, yeah. But uh, I, I do appreciate somebody like resigning in disgust i yeah. always like a little a little indignant uh you know slamming the the phone down and i'm sure
1: you know it's i'm sure he's doing he's just doing fine just fine um, but yes but you gotta appreciate even
2: a symbolic like yeah. uh a solidarity act
1: i'm with you but I'm uh with h-
2: you. here's some good here is some good news uh that i came across rl miller is one of the newest members of the Democratic Party's formal governing body, the Democratic National Committee, the DNC. Who
1: is is this guy? This is a woman. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, So her first priority, to tell DNC Chairman Tom Perez to fuck off. Yay! Miller, who founded the grassroots (laughs) advocacy group... Climate hawks vote never got over Perez's refusal to hold a climate-focused debate for the pres- for the Democratic presidential candidate last year, mm-hmm. so she used her anger to run for a state-elected seat on the DNC. And uh, there's a great interview on heated dot world where she basically uh, details the ways in which she's going to tell Tom Tom Perez to go um, fuck himself you
1: can do it on a cake you can do it on a poster you can do it with your finger you can do it in an email you could do it by shouting in his face you could do it on TV you can tell someone to go fuck themselves in so many fun different ways these days well that's good I, I D needs to go if Biden ends up blowing it uh Tom Perez should never show his face. Yeah. So here's in a, politics again. Here's a
2: little bit of the interview so uh, the interviewer says, "So I assume your goal at the DNC is to make a lot of noise about climate change in particular and then uh, RL Miller says, "I really hope to be able to tell Tom Perez to his face to fuck off." I shouldn't say that, should I? Oh, sure, I'll say that. Uh, and then the interviewer expand on that. Why are you so pissed off at Tom Perez? And then RL Miller There's so much to say about how badly he handled the climate debate, but there's one thing that infuriates me that I was able to use to persuade people who didn't care about climate to vote for me. Tom Perez is running the DNC from the top down. He doesn't have the DNC body vote on major things. All of those debate rules, not just the climate debate rules, but also all of the debate rules that ultimately forced out people like Kamala Harris and Cory Booker and Kristen Gillibrand, those were all made up in his head. They were never voted on by the DNC body as a whole. DNC members were furious about it. Not all of them. Plenty of them trusted him and trusted his discretion. But a lot of DNC people were angered the way he seemed to be forcing people off the debate stage, mostly people of color, while letting in a bunch of white male billionaires.
1: All right. So there you go. Not upset Kristen Gillibrand was off that stage. Her big claim to fame is getting Al Franken kicked out of the Senate. But um, good point. Happy to hear there's some new blood, perhaps, in the DNC. And hopefully Tom Perez can get the message. He will, certainly. If Biden blows this election, we shall see what happens. I'm going to put the boot on my head when I go to vote. I'm leaning towards Vermin. And- that's that's what you're all about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. That was good. Thanks. That, was, that made me laugh there. That's <laughs> not, not easy to do. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing all right out there. And, of course, we will keep you up to date the best we can on the biggest stories of the week that we think you should know about. And never forget, everyone, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting
2: them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
0: Elevate every morning with
1: Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees
0: everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are
1: covered with Tommy John's Best Pair You'll Ever Wear or its free guarantee. Get 20% off your
0: first order at TommyJohn.com Pandora. Save 20% at TommyJohn.com Pandora. See site for details.